0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kalstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church.
1: Praise God. Well, welcome, everyone, Fellowship Church. want to take this opportunity, of course, to welcome all of you that are watching online. Glad you can be with us. If you're ever in this part of the country, make sure you stop in and worship with us. Praise God, because Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you what, praise God. This is the day the Lord has made. So what are we going to do? Rejoice. What else are we going to do? Yeah, glory to God. Rejoice and be glad. Aren't you glad you have a choice? Rejoice. Now, you know, some folk, they look at life and world and circumstance, and, and they don't think they have a choice. But I'll tell you this much about it. God made you a free moral agent. You can do whatever you want. I mean, if we wanted, we could all get together and go up and rob Casey's. Now, that's probably not going to happen, but we could do that. And with all of us, I don't think there'd be that much to share anyway. So let's forget that idea. Hallelujah. But my, my, my uh, thinking here is, is for us to realize, you know, sometimes we, we think um, incorrectly. And I say that in the context is we're not thinking about things in the light of the Word of God. Because the Bible says all things are possible to him that what? Didn't we, didn't we sing about that this morning? Hallelujah. Through you, I can do anything. Glory to God. Isn't that what, that, isn't that what we just got done singing? Yep. Oh, you weren't in here yet. Well, anyway, yeah, that's, that was the first song. Because through him, we can do all things. Isn't that what the Bible says? Yep. Philippians 4 and verse 13. We can do all things Through Christ, who what? Strengthens Strengthens us. Hallelujah. The Bible says to let the weak say, I am what? Everybody say, I am strong. strong. Glory to God. You know, sometimes we feel like we have such inadequacies, uh, inadequacies within our lives. But the reality is, is that when you met Jesus, a lot changed. Huh? You became a new creation in Christ. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Everybody say, I'm a new creation. Yeah, hallelujah. You're a little strange, but you're still new. And that's a good thing. Old things have passed away. Aren't you glad for that? Oh, I'm so glad, glory to God, that the old man is in the grave. Hallelujah. And a new man has come. So it says, you know, all all things... Well, I'm sorry... Uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, all things pass away, behold. In other words, it's kind of like, hey, you, all things are new. So thank God you can, you know, this new life that we have in him, isn't it wonderful? And not only that, but thank God we're going to heaven. How many of you know Jesus is coming again? Oh, I'm telling you, he's coming again. You know, with everything that we see going on in the world, it just seems like there's this acceleration that's taking place toward the return of Christ. And so that's why the Bible tells the believer to lift up your head because your redemption is drawing near. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I don't want to be out in the woods someplace messing around, not living for God, out of the will of God, goofing up and being strange. No, I want to be right in the middle of what it is that God is doing because he's coming again. And what I don't want him to find is me where I don't belong. How about you? We want to be exactly in the middle of the will of God so that, praise God, when he comes, we can just stand up and say... I've been expecting you. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Don't be the person who's going, uh-oh, uh, uh, wasn't quite expecting this. You know what I mean by that? I mean, there are a lot of people out of the will of God. They're living in sin, doing all their dirt and different things because they think, some, well, they've been lied to, basically. The devil lies to people. How many of you know that? The Bible does say he's a liar. The Bible says there's no truth in him. The Bible says to buy the truth and don't ever sell it. So when you find the truth out in the Word of God, you want to make sure, praise God, that you're doing what it is that it tells you because that's where the blessing is. Amen. All hell can be breaking loose around you. And I tell you what, praise God, you can be within that insulated umbrella or canopy of God's divine blessing. Why? Because you're his child. He'll take care. I mean, when we read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and away we go, you know those, those three? When they got into that burning fiery furnace, they were in a place of his, uh, a canopy, you would call it that, you could, a protection. I mean, they're alive in this furnace with Jesus. How, isn't that good? There's a fourth man in that fire, hallelujah. And they come out unscathed, no smoke, no nothing. Well, if God can do that for those men, don't you think he can do it for you and me? Huh? I mean, you know, we see all this stuff going on, you know, and this and that and the other, but thank God, praise God, we're part of His family. We're part of the kingdom of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Are you listening to me? But now, you know, if you don't think much about that, you don't believe it, you know, and you're just, you know, looking at all the negative kinds of things, well, then, then you fall prey uh, to this world system. Thank God I am not of this world. Aren't you glad for today that you're not of this world? Amen. I want to tell you a story. We was, uh, well, actually, Joan had uh, uh, Keith Moore on television this morning. She was getting ready. And I come strolling into the bathroom, and they're giving a report. Um, it would have been, uh, <clears throat> oh, let's just say two months ago, that there was a uh, a mission organization called Agape. And they did a lot of work in the Dominican Republic down in Haiti, and other, part, other countries as well. And um, What's so unfortunate about this is is they came in with this uh, twin engine aircraft and landed there and And the people thought that they were like it was a corporate jet or it was a a jet that belonged to a banking system or something like that, and they apprehended it and they burned it to the ground and it was a it was a missionary plane, you know, supplying and caring for the needs of the people of that country. Isn't it just like the devil to deceive people so much that the, that the hand that is feeding them, the hand that is helping them, the hand that is blessing them, they burn to the, to the ground. And it was, it was pitiful. They had all kinds of pictures of it and everything. Well, anyway, Faith Life Church, Keith, uh, Pastor Keith, got a hold of this story, found out about it, and really felt like in his heart that God wanted them to do something about it. So this plane was worth about 300000 Actually, it was insured for $300,000. I would guess that it was probably worth more than that. I mean, if you were to try to replace it anyway. And so um, so anyway, uh, the $300,000, they, um, Keith decided, or I shouldn't say it this way, I think the Lord challenged his church uh, to help them to get a 406, which means nothing to you, but it's a, it's a much bigger cabin class, uh, turboprop plane. That's a real heavy hauler. And that's exactly what they do. I mean, they haul people and they haul the cargo and different things. And so, um, uh, the Lord challenged them and they, uh, contacted them and said, we're going to help you buy this 406, which is a million dollars. All right. And so, uh, uh, the church there took off. This is such a great thing, man. I mean, it thrills my heart. To, and in 60 days, they raised almost a million dollars for this organization, Agape, whatever. They're not necessarily affiliated, but, you know, they're preaching the gospel. They're making a difference. They're changing lives. People are being saved. All these different kinds of things. And so Keith's church, they, they just, they went to work. And I think in 62 days, they had a plane for them, that was worth well over a million dollars, and not only that, but the I, I think it's the Dominican Republic, which is where they've been landing, they have these fees that they have to pay to land there, and it represents about $25,000 a year, it'd be a couple thousand bucks a month just to land there. Well, the government they found out about all this and what happened, of course, they knew, you know, they've got the plane burned to the ground, but. But they waived all of their fees, this organization's fees, for the next 10 years. So that's, that's a quarter million bucks. So one miracle after another, hallelujah, is happening as a result of that. Aren't you glad we serve a big God? I'm telling you, it is such an amazing testimony to hear of, well, in this case, of course, two churches the one in Sarasota and the one in Branson, and then, of course, whoever's followers of Keith's ministry and stuff, could put this kind of money together in, in two months and, and put, these, put this organization back into operation so that they can continue doing what it is, and they want to go to Honduras and every place. Well, the aircraft will make all of that possible. Isn't that awesome? I said, isn't that awesome? And I'm telling you what, praise God, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Why? Because you got it to give. Somebody had to, you know, pony up. Are you listening to me? And last time I checked, a million bucks is not chicken feed. Are you listening to me? You know, and we've done the same thing on, on a different kind of level or scale where our church is concerned. And, and by the way, I don't know that I ever uh, told you about this, but remember when we gave uh, uh, Barb and Jerry Manderfield, the 22,000 bucks down in, in uh, Colombia. You know, they're in Medellin, you know, it used to be the drug capital of the world. Now that's kind of moved up into Mexico, but they were tr- they they had this school that they were trying to get registered with the government and they had there was two officials that were really being difficult. And so they asked us to join with them and pray and different things. And, and I mean, what it is that they're doing is phenomenal. And the kind of things that they're teaching and training these kids in, and, and this is a K through 12, I think. And, uh, but they, they, uh, they got their license, they got their certification. Somehow or another, there was another person that got involved, found out what they were doing. And, you know, sometimes it's not so much what you know, but who you know. And all of a sudden, everything changed, and they got the certification that they needed. Now, they had a school year that they wanted to use as a matter. I don't, I don't remember, you know, what the deal is. Not necessarily like when we go from August to May. It was like um, January. Well, anyway, these two individuals started giving them a bunch of problems and a rash you know, they didn't want him doing that. They want him doing it a certain way. And so praise God, God's working on that too. And I'm just saying that, you know, there are places that, you know, as we are led, that we're giving and we're, we're ministering to the needs that are represented. And I'm telling you what, you guys, it's, it's paying off big fruit. When you get to heaven, glory to God, you will have had a part in that. You know, here, I don't know, maybe uh, sometimes time gets away. Six weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago. You, without maybe knowing it, contributed to the homeless in Omaha, and we give $10,000 to the Open Door Mission. And I mean, you know, praise, it's an amazing thing what Candice and her husband is doing over there. I mean, it's just amazing how they're, and you know, I just felt led to do that, and I wanted in on it. Hallelujah. So you're in on it. Aren't you glad for that? And here just two weeks ago, we gave another $5,000 to Rhema Bible Training College. Now, that's the... Uh, it's our alma mater. That's where we came from. And, um, but you did that, okay? And the reason is, is in the summer months when the students are gone, it's when they do all of their repairs and different things like that. And how many of you know sometimes it get a little expensive when you're making repairs? So we just made a contribution to help them with that so that more students can be trained, so that more people can be raised up, so that the gospel can be preached. And it's not just what's happening here in this country, in the United States, but it's what's happening globally around the world through Rhema Bible Training College. There are over 200, I think there's either 237 or 242 schools worldwide. And of that, there are 18,000 students being taught at any time during the school year. I'm telling you what, you guys, Jesus is cutting a wide swath and making a difference. And and the whole point to my sharing that is to simply say, you're helping make that happen. You know, uh, the, the national office and staying strong so they continue to support and do what it is it's doing all over the world. And, and the truth of the matter, it's a God thing. I mean, when I went to Bible school at Ramah, they, they had a vision for the world. And, you know, and there was different things that had been prophesied. And how many of you know sometimes, you know, uh, our timetable isn't the same as God's? And so they had two schools. They had one in Australia, and they had one in South Africa. And all they had was problems. You know, they'd get to go on, the leadership would go stupid, and then all of a sudden everything would just kind of fall apart and whatever. And and so they're trying, trying, you know, kind of doing one of these things. Now, you guys, I'm telling you that God is raising people up as directors and leaders. And, I mean, you couldn't stop this thing if you wanted to. It is an amazing thing that's going on in the world in which you and I live. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, we, we uh, uh, support Matt and Julie Beamer. And they just started another church in East Africa. You know, and so there's just stuff going on. And I just want to tell you, you're a part of that. And so you can be excited. Did, did, uh, did, um, did they go back to... Um, a, um, yeah... Your friends. Did they go back to uh, Iraq? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to say Barry. Grady. Huh? Becky and Grady. That's it? Yes. yes. Becky and Grady. You know? And here they go, trumps and back out, you know, into the, with six kids they got? Yeah. Oh you know? And, and um, helping with the refugees, helping with, you know, in a place that's very perilous. But, you know, they're no, they know they're called. And so there they are. And so we have the privilege of being able to help support them. You say, I'm glad they're there and not me. Well, there you go. Praise the Lord. But you and I can still be there in another kind of way. Isn't that right? So there's just all these things that are going on. So, you know, I'm telling you what, don't get discouraged, man. Jesus is coming. And the work of God is being done all over the world. And you and I have a part to play in all of that. Aren't you glad? I don't know, I think probably it's a good time to take up an offering. What do you think? Ushers, you weren't planning on this, but chop, chop, let's do do that. Amen. And all of a sudden they move with such briskness. Look at them. They're, you know, like ninja warriors. Hallelujah. Anyway, if you're giving cash, want a receipt, these guys would love to serve you with an envelope and uh, fill it out for us. We'll see to it that you get uh, receipted for that. But, you know, the Bible says... To honor the Lord. Everybody say honor. Honor. You know, when you're giving this morning, you guys think, because this is exactly what you're doing. It says, honor the Lord with your substance. Now, you don't have to. Remember, we talked about the fact that you have a free will, do whatever you want. But the Bible says to honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty. Now, you know, if you go to Walmart, some of the shelves don't have a lot of plenty. But God said that if you'll honor him with the first fruit of your increase, he'll see to it that your barn has plenty. Are you listening to me? Now, if you don't believe that, well, then you're just on your own. Best of luck. But thank God I believe it. So when we give into the kingdom of God as we participate here this morning, please know that God is going to multiply. Everybody say multiply. He's going to multiply your seed sown. Hallelujah. These farmers, they've been going nuts out here in these fields. Why? Because they're after a harvest, and they're planting however many thousand seeds per acre, but they're going to get a whole lot more than that when it comes harvest time. Are you listening to me? So let's believe God for extra. Hallelujah. And for the multiplication of this seed that's being sown here today. Can you say amen? Amen. All right, let's pray together. Father, we love you and thank you today. What a privilege it is for us to come together in the name of Jesus, to lift our voices to you in praise and adoration and thanksgiving. Glory to God. Father, we come and we honor you today with the first fruit of our increase. And we thank you, Lord, for the promise that our barns will be filled with plenty Hallelujah, and our vats will burst forth with new wine. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in every home, every family, and every individual here today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead, guys, you can serve. Do you have some announcements? Go ahead and run those, would you please? Thank you.
0: Good morning. Welcome to Fellowship Church. Great to have you here today. Here's a couple of things coming up. Join us this Wednesday at 5.45 for a time of fellowship and food. We'll serve pulled pork sandwiches and brownie sundays. Adults will enjoy a great message in the main sanctuary and fellowship kids will have service outside. It's going to be a great time. Throughout the month of June, each Wednesday, fellowship kids will enjoy summer fun nights. There'll be water slides, slime and lots more. Be sure to pick up a flyer and invite someone along. We have Father's Day coming up in a couple of weeks. There'll be no deep classes on that day. Instead, we'll celebrate dads by serving donuts and coffee in the foyer between 9 and 9.30. Kids check-in will begin at 9.30. We'll have a photo booth and play a special video during service. Invite your friends and family and join us as we celebrate dads and hear a faithful message from Pastor Brian. Looking forward to seeing you there. On Wednesday the 22nd during service, fellowship kids will enjoy Blue Penguin Shaved Ice. After service, adults will be able to come outside, hang out, and enjoy a nice comb too. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. If you're visiting, we would love to meet you after the service in the hospitality room, which is right off the main entrance. Y'all have a great week.
1: Hallelujah. Praise God. The man all the way from Ireland. Amen, amen. Where are you, Aaron? There you are. Got all that accent it has got some funny words, but otherwise, it's all good. Praise the Lord. It's great. You know, so it's awesome. Y'all ready to receive? Y'all got your phones muted? All right. Mute your phone if you didn't mute your your phone. Yeah. Shut the thing off. Anyway, and um, just for a few moments, I really want you to um, zero in on what it is that the Holy Ghost has to say to you today. How many of you know he has something to say to you? For every one of you, I mean, there's something He wants to talk to you about. And I believe that if we'll put a de- demand on Him, you know, place a demand, that He's going to speak to you about your life. And it's going to be good things. Amen? So if you, get, if you get a bad word, it ain't God. Amen? It's a good word that He has for you to help you. How many of you know that He loves you and He wants to help you? So let's believe God together as we... Uh, Share this word with you this morning that everything that you have need of will come your way. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, Father, we love you so much. We thank you for what you're doing in the earth today, Lord, and the privilege that we have to be a part of it. And God, as we come for these few moments here this morning, I again want to thank you, Father God, for speaking to each and every one of our hearts I thank you, Lord, for making known your will amongst the children of men. And I thank you, Father, that as we have this time together, that supernaturally, not not out of some natural circumstance, but again, supernaturally, by your Spirit, God, that you will speak into the lives of people in such powerful, transformational, and dynamic ways. And Father God, we just thank you for your living word as it goes forth in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. If you have a Bible or if you're using a device, 2 Kings, the fourth chapter. And let's use this as our text here this morning. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 4. Notice in verse 1 here. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead or has died. And you know that your servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be slaves or bondmen. And Elisha said to her, Well, what shall I do for thee? Tell me. What do you have in your house? Everybody say, what do you have in your house? That's an important term. And she said, your handmaiden has not anything in the house except a pot of oil. And then he said, go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, <clears throat> who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. Everybody say she poured out. Yeah. yeah, notice it goes on then to say in verse 6 it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me yet a vessel. And they said to her, there is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed, or it stopped. And then in verse 8 it says, and it fell, um, I'm sorry, verse 7, and she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, pay your debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest." So not only did God pay this woman's debt off, praise God, he took care of her retirement at the same time. How many of you know that God is a God of abundance? Yes. Huh? It wasn't some skimpy thing or anything like that. She had more than enough. Everybody say more than enough. You serve a God today that is more than enough for whatever it is that you need. How many of you you remember the television series MacGyver? How many of you don't even know who MacGyver is? I think there's a new version of it now, you know. But this guy, you know, they'd get into some kind of difficulty or whatever, and it didn't look like there was. Anything. It looked like an impossible situation. You know, he'd take a, you know, a skillet and a couple pieces of wire and find a battery and I don't know, make a bomb, you know. And all of a sudden they would get out. And and so in other words, uh, the thing that you know in this storyline of the of the show is basically. Uh, He had the ability or he found things that he could use in order to take care of the need that was in his life that other people couldn't see or couldn't possibly imagine. And, um, you know, um, I wonder sometimes in our personal lives, in our spiritual lives, in our relationships with God, what is it that you and I have that we don't see? Because whether you realize it or not, you are one rich rascal, Thanks for your excitement. The reality is, is that you are of all people most blessed because of the relationship that you hold with your Heavenly Father. So I want to talk to you this morning about taking advantage of what it is that you have. What it is that you've been given as a child of God, as a believer. I mean, you know, when you think about the riches of redemption... And the simple fact that now you and I, praise God, as we prayed earlier, have been justified, made right in the sight of God because of his blood, and that all of our sins have been washed away. In other words, it's not a matter of covering them. They don't exist anymore. They have been removed. So there's no longer this consciousness of sin. Oh, hallelujah. Can you rejoice with me a little bit about that? I want to declare to you that God is not limited by the deficiencies of men. Now we see it happening, that's all we hear a lot of the time, but God is only limited when it comes to your life, in your life, by what it is that you can believe. Throughout the Scriptures, Old Testament and New, there are many places where people were in jeopardy, they were in peril, they were being threatened by their circumstances, and guess what? When they looked to God, God showed up. And so I'm just telling you this morning that whatever, irregardless you and I may be facing as the children of God, that there is a God in heaven that stands ready if you and I will just but believe him. Can you say amen? Everybody say, I believe. I believe. Amen. Because, you know, again, we hear of all these shortages and different things. And by the way, most of it's all man-made. It's all man-made, you know, and there are solutions. This is, all of it could be solved, you know, in, in short order. But there are powers that are at work that are endeavoring to do what it is they're doing to weaken the nation, to weaken government, to weaken law, to weaken whatever it is that it can. And it's all set on fire of hell. That's why the church needs to pray. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against it. Are you listening to me? So I don't want you to become downhearted as a believer. I want you, praise God, to know that your prayers matter and that you can pray to the God of heaven and earth and he can move supernaturally. He will, he can, he is. Are you listening to me? So we're just looking at life from a whole different set of circumstances because of what it is that we know and what it is that we believe. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. God's a multiplier. No, God's not stingy. He's got plenty. Hallelujah. And you're his child. With him, there is no lack. He has no lack. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, in the scripture it says, what are you, you going to give me, man? I, I, got, I own everything. Are you with me? And he is your God. He is your father. And he's bound to take a father's place and do whatever it is that's necessary for you when you're in the time of need. So throughout history, men have been threatened by deficiencies and all kinds of things. But listen, those that fear the Lord, everybody say, I fear God. Yeah, I revere God. I follow God. I obey God. Those that fear the Lord and those that look to him, glory to God, he brings them through in grand style. Just like that aircraft, what the devil meant for evil, God turned it into good and gave them so much more in terms of capacity and ability. And I tell you what, praise God, he'll do the same thing for you. I said, he'll do the same thing for you because we are of those that believe. And so he does that to and for those that fear his name. You know, Abraham needed a sacrifice. Remember when him and Isaac went, you know, and and Isaac, his son, said, hey, we got the wood, we got the this, we got that, but there's no sacrifice. What did Abraham say? God will provide himself a sacrifice. And of course he did, didn't he? Because Abraham obeyed God or feared God. You know, how many of you know Israel one time, they needed water. One time it was bitter, he turned it into sweet. I mean, whatever the need was, Israel's needs were met. The widow woman we just got in reading about needed to pay her creditors. She was a little bit short, and she didn't have what she needed. And not only that, but our church... Back in 1985, needed $40,000 to finish the remodeling of, this, uh, of that building over there. And we didn't have two cents to put together, you know. But God came through. And he gave us $51,000 in a 90-day period so that everything could be finished. 20 years ago, we put together a million and a half dollars so that you could sit in this beautiful auditorium right here today with the A.C. on. Are you listening to me? You know, when we first got started, in the wintertime, you didn't need AC, obviously, but we couldn't even heat the place. People came in, you know, with big old boots on, and they had their, remember them pump pots? You know, they, the coffee pot things, you know, and just whatever it is that you could keep yourself warm. I mean, we spent thousands of dollars trying to heat this in a, in a uh, futile kind of way. Well, thank God we don't have to do that no more. Huh? You know, we have a 5,000-gallon propane tank in the back, and when we go into the winter months, that 5,000-gallon tank is filled, and then we contract for another gala, eight-and-a-half or something, you know, another eight and a half thousand. So it's about $14,000 every season for us to heat this joint. Yeah. You love it, though, don't you? You come in, you know, hey, this place is nice, you know, warm, and everything's kind of wonderful, you know. Well, it used to be you could buy propane for a buck a gallon. Well, you do the math, 14000 Now it's twice that. So this year it's probably costs us $28,000. Now you could look at that and say, my God, what are we going to do? I'm not going to do anything I'm going to believe God and I'm going to thank him for the extra that I need and glory to God he's going to bring it are you listening to me why because this is his idea not mine huh I didn't ask for some 53,000 square foot building to try to heat huh you know and in the summertime now we're coming into the summer months you know and if you want to you could go out there and watch the meter but when we turn the air conditioners on in this place guess what yeah, I don't remember now how many there are. I think there's uh, like 26 of them in the facility. I don't know if that's the right number or not, but it's a bunch, you know? Well, you turn all them on, guess what? Can you think about that? Think about your own bill in the, in the summertime. Does your bill go up when you, when, when, when you turn the air conditioner on? Well, how about multiplying it times 26? 26? But you know, we've never, ever failed to pay for our electric bill. Are you listening to me? Praise God, because we serve a God that is more than enough. And he will do the same thing for you. Can you say amen? And the truth of the matter is, he has. I tell you what, you can rejoice in your past victories. I'm telling you what, your life is blessed. Now, you can complain if you want, but I'd suggest maybe you find a different way to go. Are you listening to me? Because God is a multiplier. Hallelujah. And, and again, you know, when we, uh, we did this building, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they were, uh, <laughs> you know, a million and a half dollars 20 years ago. That was a big deal for this little church. Are you listening to me? But I tell you what, praise God. God made, it, made good on it. Yep. And God was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. Some of you, you've needed turnarounds when your babies were in hospitals. I could go around right now and I could point to people who ended up in hospitals and they needed something. They may have needed a miracle. They may have needed, and guess what? God showed up and changed and turned the circ- circumstance. Some of you yourself, you were in the hospital and given up and saying, we don't know what you know, is going to happen, and thank God God showed up. Can you say amen? He's the God that's more than enough. Some of you have had financial turnarounds. I mean, God has got you out of some of your messes. Come on now. You ought to rejoice. The unfortunate thing is, is when some people get out, they get back in again. Stop jumping in the fire. Makes everybody's job a lot easier. Are you listening to me? But he's done that for you. I'll guarantee you, you can sit around and you can testify to God's amazing grace where your finances are concerned. You know, some of you that are sitting here, all of us really in one sense of the word, have all been set free from from the tyrannies of sin. Some of us, you know, bound by alcoholism and substance abuse and all these things. And you're sitting here today free in Jesus' name because of what it is that God is able to do. Well, if He's done those things, hallelujah, He can do it again. Whatever the need might be where our lives are concerned. Hallelujah. Look at this verse of Scripture with me. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. Familiar, I'm sure, with many of you. But notice what it says. And God is able. Everybody say that. God is able. Say it again. God is able. Hallelujah. So whenever something comes your way, something in the mail, something on the phone, something drives in your driveway that you were not expecting, you answer by saying, God is able. Hallelujah. So Paul's writing here under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. How many of you believe that this morning? Come on. How many of you believe that this morning? He is able to make all grace abound toward you, notice what it goes on to say, that you always having, say always having, always having, always having. having. Now, so what does that mean? That means that when something comes our way, we don't talk about what we don't have, we talk about what we do have. Are you listening to me? The prophet asked the widow, what do you have? She said, I ain't got nothing. I got this right here. Do you know that God can take what you have and he can turn it into much? Yeah. If he can just get some faith out of you and you can start believing in praise God for what it is that you do have, he can turn your circumstance around. Glory to God. I mean, God can do amazing things where he finds faith. Always having, glory to God, I love that, don't you? Huh? That's in the Bible. Imagine that. You talk to some folk and they they haven't read that scripture. Well, maybe they have, but they didn't see that. No, it says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. Always having all sufficiency in all things so that you can abound to every good work as it is written. This comes from uh, Psalm 112. He has dispersed abroad, hallelujah. He's given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. And then he goes on to then say, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, who is it that ministers seed to the sower? God is. Didn't he minister seed to you so that you could sow today? Huh? In other words, he provided a means by which, you know, resource and income could come to your life. You know, the thing about it is, you always need to remember, he's the one that blesses the work of your hand. If you take, for example, some people, they have the mistaken idea, well, I did this, you know, this is all me, and I, blah, 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 blah. Dude, in one moment, God can take your health away, and you got nothing. Did you hear me? Your health is in his hands. And he is your refuge and an ever-present help in the time of trouble. And he is the one who is your strength. Are you with me? So whether you like it or not, what it is that you have is because of his benevolence and his grace in your life. Amen? So it says here, again, in this verse, he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food. In other words, to take care of you and multiply. Everybody say Multiply. Multiply your seed sown, increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us an incredible thanksgiving to God. That thing, that story I was talking to you about, Keith Moore, they had the guy who is the head of the organization in their church. Uh, this would have been, I think, Memorial Day weekend. And I tell you what, he was one thankful man. Because remember, you know, Faith Life Church and Agape really didn't have any kind of a relationship with one another. But all of a sudden, you know, Pastor Keith seen this need, decided they were going to do something about it. And all of a sudden, this union was made. And I tell you what, this man was genuinely grateful for what it is that that church had done to help them get back up on their feet. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. So the thing about it is, is that it causes there to be thanksgiving to God when we're participating in what it is that God wants us to do. And so here's the thing. You know, as a child of God, everybody say, I'm a child of God. <laughs> yeah, as a child of God, you have resources that the rest of the world doesn't have. Huh? Your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the hills too. He said the silver and gold are mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you have resources that the rest of the world does not have. Now, if you don't know Jesus and you're outside of the canopy of his grace, well, then you got a problem. The Bible says young lions, they lack and they suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord. How many of you believe the Bible here today? Come on now. How many of you believe the Bible? I'm trying to get you a little bit stirred up so you'll actually respond. You know, I, I get the defibrillators out if you want. But look what it says here. They suffer hunger and they lack, but they that seek the Lord, listen, 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 shall not want any good thing. Everybody, say Hallelujah! hallelujah. Yeah, Hallelujah! I mean, that's what the Bible says. Of course, you got to believe it. Turn over there to Psalm one twelve. You're close. Psalm one twelve. Y'all, glad you came to get today? Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Psalm one twelve. Oh, this is a good one. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. How? how what's your praise life like? Huh? Comatose? Does it need uh, defibrillation? Come on. Praise ye the Lord. Glory to God. So it says, blessed is the man or woman that fears the Lord, hallelujah, that delights greatly in his commandments, hallelujah. How many of you delight in his commandments? Yes, delight greatly in his, it says, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Everybody say, I'm blessed. Glory to God. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness will endure forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He's gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man shows favor and lends. And he will guide his affairs with discretion. Everybody say, that's me. Say, that's me. me. Say it one more time. That's That's you. Glory to God. You're a smart person. Are you listening to me? You're a wise person. You're going to guide your affairs with discretion. You're not going to buy stuff that you don't need. Stuff that you can't afford to oppress people you don't even like. Are you listening to me? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, enough about that. Verse 6. Surely. Now, this is good. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Surely. Everybody say surely. Surely he shall not be what? Moved. Moved. He will not be moved forever. The righteous shall be held in everlasting. Remember next verse? Notice what it says. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. A lot of evil tidings going on, you know? Hallelujah. You need to laugh at the devil. Glory to God. That's a new thought. You know, when the devil says you're not going to make it, or how are we going to make it, or what are we going to do, or all those things, man, you just need to laugh at him. Because praise God, your father has got it cared for. Amen. If you'll just believe him. Are you with me? Amen. I mean, when my, my, my wife, before I married her, she didn't have a care in the world. Her dad, man, he, I mean, he made sure she had a car and, and she had money and she had all these things. She didn't have to worry about none of that. Why? Because of daddy. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening to me? Well, praise God, we have a heavenly Father, and He a whole lot richer than Raymond. Are you listening to me? Whole lot richer. Praise God. And don't you know he wants to do the same thing for you? He said, if you then, being natural, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to those that ask him? Now, you know, unfortunately, there are folk that have been led to believe, you know, that God is, 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 it is not of his nature uh, to do these kinds of things. That somehow or another, you know, there's got to be all this suffering. You know, a lot of the suffering that's going on in the world today has nothing to do with God. Huh? You know, people say, well, you know, God's really in control of everything. Well, if that's the case, uh, he's not doing a very good job. Huh? No, there is the God of this world who blinds the minds of people and causes them to do things that cause damage and despair and distress and all of those different kinds. But that's not the will of God. Are you listening to me? So what we have to do is learn who we are in him and what it is he's redeemed us from and say, nope, that's not me. I'm not having that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when you walk down to Bomb you know, and you're looking at all the shelves and they got this and that and the other that they want to sell you. You know, you have a choice. You can say, nope, nope. Yes, no, yes, 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 yes. I like that. Amen. Well, when you're walking down the grocery store of life, praise God, the devil comes and he wants to, you know, offer you something. You can say, nope, sorry about that. I've been redeemed, glory to God. And I'm not having any more of that. You tried to steal my life, destroy my life, mess up my life, and I'm done with that because the truth has set me free. Hallelujah. And thank God. So when we come to this thing about God's desires to care for you and to meet your needs, i tell you what, glory to God. You can go to the bank on it. He wants to make sure that you have all of your needs met. And, you know, God is able. Isn't that what we just got done reading? Yes. That you might have a full supply so that you can abound unto every good work. Glory to God. You know, when my wife and I first got married, we didn't have a whole lot. And we, I wouldn't say that we were abounding so that we could give to every good work. But we tithed. We, I mean, we made a decision. That's That's where we started. Well, now, praise God, when something comes along and there's a need, we have the ability. Isn't that good? I said, Isn't that good? i got to say that one more time. Isn't that good? Come on. So notice what it says here. You guys keep interrupting me. I'm trying to read this. He shall not, verse 7, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Why? His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. What is it that we're trusting? We're trusting that God will provide. We're trusting that, praise God, He'll make a way where there is no way. We trust Him because He'll see us through. Isn't that right? Our heart is fixed in the fact that we trust Him. We're not wondering whether He's going to come through for us. We know He is. Hallelujah. And we're going to do what it is He wants us to do. We're going to walk in the light of the Word of God and glory to God. He's going to bring to pass what it is that He promised in our life. So we don't have to be afraid. Huh? Listen to that verse right there. He shall not be afraid. The world is afraid. And they have good reason to be. Because there is all kind of hell going on needlessly because the God of this world is manipulating the minds of men to do such stupid things that bring destruction, that bring lack and deficient, all of this stuff. We wouldn't have to be experiencing if it weren't for godless, you know, arrogant, corrupt, greedy people. That's it. You say, yeah, preach about that, man. Praise God, I'm already stirred up. Now, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about him. Are you listening to me? So notice it says, again, in verse 8, His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see the desire upon his enemies. He's dispersed. Uh, he, hath, he has dispersed. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever, and his horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked, they'll see it and be grieved. You know, the world, they don't want you to be blessed. They want to take everything away from the righteous that they can. You see it all the time. hear it all the time. But thank God they ain't got no leg to stand on where my heavenly father's concerned. Are you with me? So it says right here, it says, they'll see it and be grieved, gnash, <laughs> and he shall gnash with his teeth and melt away, and the desire of the wicked is going to perish. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. God is a multiplier. God provides big. Amen? More than enough. On two different occasions, Jesus fed 5,000 people one time and 4,000 another time. Out of what? Something small. You know, what was it? Five loaves and two fish. I don't know, last time I checked, even with my family, man, they were over at my house yesterday. And I mean, you know, five loaves and two fish, that would not have worked. Because <laughs> the wolves just showed up. You, know, you understand where I'm coming from? <laughs> Multiply. Are you listening to me? But Jesus fed them. He fed 5,000, fed 4,000. Another time, you know, the disciples forgot to take bread and they were talking about that. And Jesus was trying to teach them in a teachable moment a lesson about the doctrine of the Pharisees and and, and Herod. And he said, "Be, be careful of the leaven or the teaching of the Pharisees and of Herod, the government. You know, and they said, well, you know, he's saying that because we forgot to bring bread. He said, dude, I mean, you know, he had to, you know, want to pull his hair out sometime. Huh? It's like, dude, what part of this don't you understand? I, I'm not talking about that. Don't worry about the... F-. And and what, he, what did he do? He rehearsed with him. He said, the last time when, you know, we... You know, when you fed the 5,000, how many baskets were left over? They said, well, about 12. They said, the 4,000, how many baskets were left over? And they said, mm, yeah, seven. He said, he said, how do you not understand? He really, you know, he rebuked them. He said, don't worry about it, praise God. Are you listening to me? Well, you know... If he's uh, challenging his own disciples to do that, how many disciples of his do we have here today? Then he would do the same for you. Too, or I mean, he would say the same thing. Don't, don't care. Don't have anxious thoughts. You say, yeah, dude, you don't know anything about my checking account, my bank account, or my credit cards, or whatever. No, I don't. But he does. I said he does. And I tell you, he can turn your captivity around. If you start doing what he says and believe him, I will guarantee you, you'll come out. And many in this church, that's exactly what's happened. They're no longer bound by debt. They're no longer, you know, strangled by, you know, not having resources. And God has promoted them and different things have happened. I mean, it's God doing these things. Are you listening to me? And he wants to do that because, again, he's the God that he's more than enough. Elisha, again, in chapter 6, we don't have time to go there because we're running out of time. Is it already 1101? Boy, that preacher's long winded. Anyway, <laughs> Elisha in chapter 6, you go read it for yourself. They're, hol- they're holed up at this one place, and uh, the king of Syria, he's after him because the king of Syria is warring against Israel. And every time Syria decides that they're going to get a military campaign put together, the Spirit of God will come on the prophet and tell him what it is that they're about to do. And he goes and tells the king of Israel what's happening. And, you know, and so they foil whatever plan Syria has. So the king finally got all of his guys together, brought them in for your conference. He said, okay, which one of you is, is telling uh, our enemies our secrets? And everybody says, not me, not me, not me. And finally, one guy says, no man, Lord. He said, what's happening is the prophet in Israel is telling them the things that you talk about in your bedchamber, in your bedroom." How I many of you know God knows everything that's going on? That's right. Yeah, He sure does. And, that, and so the king says, "Well, where's He at?" And he says, "Well, He's down in Dothan." He said, "Hey, Relic, you know, round up the troops, man. We got to get rid of this prophet. He's screwing everything up." So they in the, in the afternoon, evening, they go and they, you know, the military campaigns surround the place where the prophet is. And the servant goes out there, you know, for Elisha to go draw water or whatever. Well, he went up on the wall he said, you know, I think I'm just going to watch the sunrise this morning. He ain't going to get up for a while. I'll just wait and I'll make sure I'm back there when I need to. Sun's rising and all of a sudden he starts seeing chariots, horsemen, and all kinds of uh, footmen and different things like that surrounding where they're at. Now, how many of you would probably consider that to be a threatening circumstance? I mean, if you're Elijah, wouldn't you be a little concerned? Huh? Why? Because they're coming after him. So so what happens is, you know, this servant, he's running back there to Elijah, and he's going, alas, my master, how shall we do? How shall we do? That's the King James. In other words, what are we going to do? And, and the prophet said, well, no worries. He said, no worries? He says, yeah, there's more that be with us than be with them. And this servant, okay, just like a lot of us, he's going, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, one, two. Well, you know what happened? Elisha prayed and asked the Lord to open the eyes of the servant, and he seen chariots of fire all around surrounding them. And it was a, it was a magnificent matter of fact. You know, God blinded the minds of the army. Huh? Or blind their eyes, actually. And, you know, Elisha goes out there, starts talking to him, says, Hey, what's happening? You know, and this and that. And the other. They don't even know who he is. And he leads them back to Israel into the midst of Israel's camp. And then all of a sudden, their eyes are open. They realize, my God, we are in trouble. And and Israel said, Elisha, shall we fall upon them and kill them all? He said, no, feed them and send them home. Wow. I'd like to suggest to you that Elisha didn't have much of a care at all, did he? You say, well, yeah, but that's the prophet, you know, and you're, you know, that's not me. But you're his child, you guys. And the same God that delivered him in a threatening circumstance will, can, deliver you. Are you listening to me? So whatever your trouble is, whatever your challenge may be, I'm telling you there is a God in heaven today, right now, that wants to care for the need that is in your life. And here's the thing about it. When you trust him, when you believe him, when you say, God, I my eyes are on you, glory to God, then all of a sudden, God begins to work. No, I'm not saying your circumstance will immediately change. Sometimes they do, but by and by, baby, I said by and by, it shall come to pass, and God will turn the whole thing around if you'll believe Him. How many of you believe that this morning? Glory to God forevermore, hallelujah. God has the ability to sustain us in difficult times. We just need to believe God that he's our, our source. And <clears throat> I'm out of time. As usual. Maybe if you come back next week, I preach the rest of this. Because there's another part in here that's really, really good. Peter has some stuff to say about the fact that you have everything you need. Did you know you have everything you need? Everybody say, I have everything I need. You really do. And, and again, I don't have time to unpack that this morning, but I think that we've went far enough with, with all of this. So I'll just close by saying this, and, and, and then you can do whatever you want with it. But the outcome to your life depends upon what it is that you say and what you believe. That's all there is to it. I don't know any other way to say it. The outcome of your life. Now, you can say, well, I don't much believe all that, you know, and I mean, I'm not sure that's what the Bible has to say or what it means and all this. Well, you know, you better get it figured out. Because I like to suggest to you what I just got done preaching to you is exactly what the Bible says. But you've got to believe it. So the outcome of your life is going to depend on what it is that you believe and what it is that you say. You say, well, how do you know that? The Scripture says... <laughs> Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which they say will come to pass, they'll have whatever they say. The reality is, is everyone is actually having what they say right now. Huh? So what have you been talking about? Well, I've been talking about my bills. I've been talking about this. I've been talking about this you know, politician that I don't like and blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe, maybe we just need to change our conversation. Amen? Maybe it's about your, you know, family or your kid. You know, you talk ugly about your kid, you get ugly kid. You talk good about your kid and you get a good kid. Are you with me? That goes over big. Hey, say, yeah, but why don't they this? They, because they're a kid. You know, I, got, I, had th- I raised three of them. I can tell you right now, man, sometimes they're dumb as a fence post. But you know what? They turned out all right. Why? Because you believe in them and you put something in them. You know? And, and people don't think about that, but you know, your children, they're like a container, man. And you, put, you either put things in them or you take things out. You tell them how no good they are, how they don't do anything, and what's the matter with you, and how come you don't, you know, that's what you get. But you, you know, you say, son, daughter, I'm telling you what, you're precious in the sight of the Lord, and you're precious to me, and praise God, we love you, and you're going over, not under. You're going to be above only and not beneath. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If you'll start saying, and I'm not saying that, you know, some magic wand thing, but you know, whatever is in your heart in abundance, when it comes out of your mouth, it starts to produce. So find some good stuff to say about it. I got a granddaughter here on the front row that knows how to run a mowing machine like nobody's business. And I tell you what, praise God, when it's done, she gonna, she gonna, she's gonna cut a wide swath for the kingdom of God and be blessed in everything that she sets her hand to. Amen. Good girl. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, why don't you stand with me, if you would, please. Y'all glad you came today? Praise God. Hey, Johnny and Isla, are you guys going to greet? You better stay here while you're going to miss communion. Yeah, stick around. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you so much. And we're grateful, Father God, for this privilege we have. We've heard your word, Father. All of these scriptures, Father, that have been rehearsed to us, and that which you have described within your word, your will being made known. God, help us to trust and believe in what it is that you've said. I want, you, I want to lead you in this confession of your faith, if you would, please. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I trust your word. I thank you that you are my Father that you take a father's place and lead me beside still waters you help me to find green pastures and you restore my soul surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever thank you father for your grace in my life today. Now, while every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning, you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, you know, there's a heaven to gain, my friend. There's a hell to shun. And we are coming up on the threshold of Jesus' soon return. So if you've never made a decision to receive him as your Lord and Savior, and you'd say by your uplifted hand, you know, Pastor, I, I want to. I, I have an interest in your prayer. Can I see your hand anywhere? As I look in this crowd this morning, is there anyone here you've never made a decision to receive, but you want to? Anyone at all? All right. Father, we thank you today for your grace in every person's life. And we thank you, Father God, for the privilege we have to come to this table and receive communion today. Thank you, Lord, for preparing our hearts that we receive it, Father, as a gift from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You may be seated.